What's up? What's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here to tonight with Brew Raiden and Will. How's it going, boys? Yeah, it's good. Uh, this is actually the last review and preview uh, show in the same evening that we had to record this season. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, lots of interesting football to discuss from this midweek. It wasn't like halfway through this slate of games that I realized that we had previewed an entire fucking like calendar of matches in that last episode. I was like, oh, that's a whole slate. Fuck. In the middle of the week? Y'all know I got a job, right? Um, boys, the sun is up while we're recording this podcast. <laughs> this is the weirdest vibe in the entire world. Like, my room is not as dark and brightly colored as it normally is with my fluorescent lights. So it's a vibe. Let's, uh, you know, football Academy before dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one should be good because you know what? Fans were back and, uh, we had a blast at least, uh, as far as I was concerned, cause you know, work from home kind of situation, watching all the games midweek. That's always fun. So before we get into the first game that I really want to talk about, Braden, do you want to go over the results? Yeah, so not really, but um, I will anyways. Um, So a pretty chaotic week of betting. I think there's a lot of results we're going to talk about. Um, A couple notable ones that both Will and Sapoon nailed were the Brighton-Man City match and uh, Villa and Spurs, both at at plus 650 and plus 500 respectively. So well done there. Um, But so... Adding all up uh, in third place this week, trailing far behind all of them, uh, was me with four sixty one pod dollars and fifty seven pod cents. Second place was Will with seventeen hundred pod or seventeen hundred ninety pod dollars and thirteen pod cents. And first place this week with a stunning one hundred five percent profit margin um, or ROI. Excuse me. Uh, is Sapoon with returning 2005 pod dollars on the nose. Uh, well done, Sapoon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I had a better week than Bitcoin did. That's all I'll <laughs> say. Um, I mean, let's let's get it started because this was the first week I bet on Man United. And I was like, you know what? The last time the fans were there, I bet on them to win the derby. And I was like, this time the fans are there. I'm going to bet on them. The result didn't end up happening. But the last goal that Man United fans saw in the stadium was that McTominay screamer against uh, Man City from almost the halfway line. And to welcome fans back, Cavani scored an absolutely stunning goal and gave us the lead. After which, didn't play very well. Fulham, well done. Scott Parker, well done on getting your point after all the shit I talked about you. And outside of that, I mean, enjoy the championship. We'll be in the Champions League and uh, we're looking forward to the Europa League final. That's really all I got. Anything from y'all, Braden? Yeah, I mean, not really. I think that pretty much covers it. Like, if you look at uh, both of these teams' lineup, I mean, it was kind of fine. Like, there were some stars on United. Like, you ran out Pogba, Fernandez. You know, Rashford came on as a sub. Like, that sort of thing. Like, it was not exactly a B-squad lineup, but it wasn't exactly your A-plus team lineup either, I felt. And so... I, I mean, I, I felt like the fact that you drew Fulham kind of reflects that. Um, maybe you guys should have won, but, you know, whatever. Cavani, what an incredible goal. Like, it's a re- really, really impressive. Like, it's one of those goals that I don't think 
I appreciated the first time that I saw it. And then when I saw kind of saw it on replay, I was like, you know, actually that's a really flat chip. That's just really hard to get just over the goalkeeper and under the bar. It's really, really impressive. Um, so well done uh, to Cavani there. Like I said, an impressive goal to welcome back the fans to. Um, maybe not the results you wanted, but at the end of the day, like there's not that much to say about this game. Edison Cavani with the Super Mario Strikers chip over the goalkeeper is probably one of the more impressive things I've seen on this weekend. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Uh, that's really all I got to say about this. It was mostly about that goal. Uh I'm not going to give Fulham credit because they're already down. So unless that point counts for them going into next season, so they have like a leg up on people like you do when you realize you're going to have the same teacher the next year in high school. Nah, bruh. It's whatever. It's a draw. It was good to see the fans back. I think that was my biggest takeaway from this match in particular is, oh my God, I miss people. Um, Because it made it a much, after the first goal and after Fulham kind of drew, it was kind of, but the fact that there are people there, Made it 10 times more enjoyable, way more enjoyable than it would have been if I, had, you know, if they had not been there. So it's mostly about that Cavani goal is what this match is for me. Uh, United got a got a trophy to play for. So, hey, the fans got their money's worth and they also got a hell of 50 plus one signs out there. So shout out to the fans again for, uh, I guess, doing it the right way this time, even though it was probably protesting the right way the first time whatever yeah i'm not gonna comment on that but yeah i mean i don't, I don't really have a, a whole lot to add as far as fulham go i think they're setting the standard in the premier league trying to probably carry some sort of momentum but uh, we'll see if they can bounce back which they have to be fair to them moving on to the next game southampton played southampton played leeds leeds winning 2-0 with goals from Patrick Bamford and Tyler Roberts. Tyler Roberts scoring for the first time since the last day of the championship, I believe. So congratulations to him. Bamford continues. And a game that I would have said the two teams um, going into the season had pretty similar height possibles. Leeds kind of have made a point almost like could possibly finish with 60 points. So I do think like Leeds are making a statement that no one's really looking at. Will? Yeah, they, uh, they secure a top half finish with this uh, win at St. Mary's. So again, I think we said on the, the preview podcast, Leeds wants this performance like the most uh, because they want that sort of forward momentum going into next season. That is legitimately the kind of performance you want right there. You want that sort of like go forward. We beat a decent-ish side. Uh, decent-ish because I'm going to say it every time during this. Fucking fans made it great. That first 10 minutes of Owen oh, Saints go marching in, which is played better by Rebirth Brass Band. But that's okay, English people. You'll get it one day. Um, Like, it was great. It made the game so much better. What made it even better was Patrick Bamford shutting those guys up 10 minutes later. I love the fact that there are no away fans because when the other team scores, whole crowd just goes, oh, I risked a pandemic for this nonsense. Like, it's great. It made me, it kind of brought a smile on my face. It's so terrible. I know. Uh, but that that's what I took away from this game. The silence of the fans after Patrick Bamford just ripped their hearts out. And reminded them that Saints are only as good as they can be. 
I expect better things from Saints next season. I expect, you know what? I've already said enough people are qualified for Europe. I'm not going to say it this time. Leeds are great. Just keep being great. So one thing that I thought was really interesting, and I'm going to go off on this tangent before we start uh, talking about the match specifically is that it was limited capacity in these stadiums when they brought the fans back but like no one was distance so like all of these sections were like packed full and it's just like we had completely empty sections and then like crammed in sections of fans i I just found that very like interesting and kind of like what why are we even limited in the capacity let's just let everyone back if this is what we're going to do all right that that aside uh, going on this game um i I feel like southampton were slightly hard done by here they had a really good chance early on from jay adams that if they score that i think things maybe turn out a little bit different but maybe that's the story of southampton season uh this year is like i think that they just were kind of on the margins not really that good enough like they they lost some matches that could have gone one way or the other i mean you know tyler roberts goal was in the 94th minute i I think you can kind of chalk that up to southampton uh playing to try to go tie the match up so like i I don't put too much credence in this 2-0 scoreline like i i do think that southampton were close to leads in this match um they just weren't able to get it done on the day and i'm actually pessimistic on Southampton overall like I I think that this was kind of the year to take a step forward and if you're not advancing you're kind of taking a step back and that may be something to watch for next year I think I think there's a lot of big decisions for Southampton coming up yeah I mean Southampton for once like don't necessarily have a bunch of young kids then, you know, somebody might want and take so it 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 is a very interesting situation where um Outside of somebody signing Danny Ings, like I don't know if anybody's really going to come for one of their players. So it shall be interesting, I assume. But uh, as far as Southampton goes, man, I wish, I wish they'd do better next season. But a team that I'm very confident about and a manager that I was very confident about before the game in Graham Potter came out and showed Pep Guardiola some levels on how to really manage and how to really come out and win a game because Guardiola was absolutely fuming at the end of the game. I mean, didn't want to talk to Potter. That was kind of weird in my opinion, but uh, Cancelo got a red card in the 10th minute that, you know, still didn't stop uh, Man City from making it 2-0 and they ended up capitulating with uh, Trissard playing a very amazing game and Adam Webster scoring. I will just say this against most teams, Man City get away in a situation like that, you know, tune it up. They'll just keep the ball and do their thing. Brighton are one of those teams that are just going to keep running on 90 minutes. And like, those are the teams that really have taken it to Man City this time, unless like you can counter well. And Hey, Brighton, Grand Potter showing people the way on how to do it after you get uh, Man City sent down to 10 men. Brayden. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, I think that, you know, Man City, most of the time when they get a lead like this, uh, especially when they, you know, even if they are down to 10, I think that they're a team very capable of sitting on it and seeing the match through. But, you know, we talked about in the preview pilot, like no one took Man City for this game. And and I was kind of on the fence and I, I took the draw as kind of like hedging my bets a little bit, 
you know, being the only one stupid enough to not take Brighton against Man City, I, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Um, I, Brighton are that kind of team. Like you say, like they're going to go out and play their thing. They're going to go out and attack Man City. And I feel like when it's not a kind of big six, whatever you want to call it, team, like a marquee matchup team, like that's how you beat Man City or that's how you give them a match is you just, you go out and you say, I don't really care if we lose five nil or one nil like we're gonna do what gives us a chance to win the game and i think that's how you have to attack them like i think we saw that with norwich last season when they went out and just went straight at city and beat them i uh, saw brighton in this game uh just you know you go after them you get a little bit of luck some decisions go your way and all of a sudden you're right there with you know the best team probably in europe so well done to brighton a lot of credit to Grant Potter for this match. I, I think this will be a big win to carry some momentum going through. I know there'll be some questions about Grant Potter's future as far as where, if he stays at Brighton or if he goes somewhere else. But, uh, yeah, that's a thing for another day. Um, well done to Brighton. I think it's been said before, and I'll say it again. I'm also going to start writing a list of things I say so I can remember them. Um, if you just come out and punch City in the mouth, sometimes they get shook. And Brighton didn't necessarily come out and punch him in the mouth. They kind of waited to get hit in the face, and then they were like, oh, I forgot I was in the fight. Then they punched them in the mouth, and then City kind of mm, – uh, did did City step on their own shoelaces to continue the boxing analogy? Maybe with that red card. But fair play to Brighton. Uh, what a season Brighton would have had if fans had been in the stadium. I hate to say it, but maybe it made a difference. Uh, I do think it's kind of the way they're drilled, though. I do think Brighton is a we're going to keep going even if there's no reason for us to keep going sort of team. And occasionally in situations like this, when you catch the giant taking a nap on all of his gold, you can steal one. Um, I don't have much to say about City. The only other thing I really have to say about this match is the hilariousness that was at the beginning of the match, them going, Graham Potter is very complimentary of Pep Guardiola and Pep Guardiola is very complimentary of Graham Potter. And then at the end of the match, they're like, hey, bruh, I key your car. Hey, bruh, fuck you. Like, the fact that they went from like, oh, I think he's so great. Oh, my God, I think he's so great, too, to being like, hey, bruh, your stripes is ugly. I don't know what happened, but I I just like managers being that mad at each other. Like, it's one of my favorite things. I love drama. Theater kitchen. I mean, I, before you go, Spoon, I just think that's Pep. Like, I, I think Pep hates to lose. And when, like, something like this come, kind of comes out of nowhere, that's just how he reacts. Petulant child just flipping a table for no apparent reason. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that does seem like how Pep would behave if things don't go his way on the football. I mean, they also were celebrating, right? Like, there was a video that surfaced of, like, Pep with a cigar and shit. Like, Brighton were going to turn up. You know, like, at the end of the day, you might be Premier League champions, but this is your first game as champions. And they kind of gave the, not second game as champions, like kind of gave it to them, kind of how everybody took it to Liverpool when they were champions at the end of the season last year. So um, I I don't think there'll be any love lost, but uh, two teams that definitely had a lot to say about each other were Chelsea and Leicester. I mean, they just played in the FA Cup final, Leicester winning that 1-0 going into this game. Uh, I mean, Chelsea were the better team. There seemed like a hangover as far as Leicester were concerned. I, I think Chelsea fans probably hate VAR more than anything else in the world right now. 
but uh, the much needed three points, more or less securing top four and Leicester City, second year in a row. They sure at least they'll have the FA Cup to console them, but second year in a row about to bottle the top four race. They're as of today, officially they're out of uh, the top four and barring a miracle where Liverpool lose at home. They're not going to be there. So big win for Chelsea. You saw the anger come out. You saw the fight at the end uh, between Rudiger and company. You And, you know, this is, again, fans are there. Emotions run high after losing a final. This is the kind of shit that you'd love to see in the Premier League. Will? And so on Reddit, it was titled, Fight, heavy quotations. Um, I'm sorry it's not a baseball fight where someone's throwing a baseball bat at somebody, but those are two teams who are very upset with each other because like this is the bread and butter. This is a match that like it was intense on the first time and it's going to be intense here. I super look, I'm going to be real with you. I'm just happy to be in fourth right now. So I don't know how much I can say about this match about being a smirk, smug asshole, but legit, I kind of, this is a good thing for Chelsea, obviously, because they're going to qualify for the Champions League. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Maybe losing that FA Cup will do them some good, and they'll go off and win a trophy on their own. Because ultimately, maybe I hate City a little bit more. But you need this performance. You need this big of a win on this stage for Chelsea to take that and go to something else. I, this Leicester team, I really gave them the benefit of the doubt. I really thought that they could get themselves up to do it again. Maybe just a little fatigue from, from that win. Uh, they looked overjoyed to get that FA cup and maybe it just, maybe they just over celebrated and Chelsea got the better of them. Like Chelsea looked the better side. So full marks to Chelsea. Uh, thanks Lester. I wish it was the other way around, but it's cool. Love you still. I, so I, I'm a little confused uh, from what I've seen, like Lester are not out of the top four mathematically, like they're one point behind Chelsea. Um, so, I mean, is it a long shot? Do you expect Chelsea and Liverpool to both win their matches? Yes. But like Lester can go out and beat Spurs and you know, weird things have happened in dead, um, not deadline days on the last match of the season. Um, so I, I expect Leicester to still come out next game. As far as this one, I think uh, Spoon, you accurately described it in the previous show of it's very difficult to beat teams two times in a row. Um, and I think that showed. Like I think you had a Chelsea team that were a little pissed off uh, from the final. Um, and they just kind of took it to Leicester and, and gave them their best shot. Uh, maybe there's some hangover from Leicester. Um <laughs> literal or metaphorical in this case. Um, but I, you know, I think that's kind of the story of it. Like I, Chelsea came out to play and Leicester quite weren't quite there. So, um, fair play to Chelsea. Um, they continue to be very, very good on set pieces like that. And if you start talking about the champions league final, like I do think that's the sort of thing that can make a difference in that match is just a, a team that can consistently be a threat on corners and, and free kicks. And, and that's Chelsea. So, um, that'll be real interesting going into that one. There's some unfinished business to take care of, uh, on Sunday, but, um, it should be, uh, it's a nice win for Chelsea. I agree with that. And, uh, 
as far as Leicester goes, I mean, the reason I'm saying it is it is a long shot in my opinion. And I think it would be very hard for Leicester to come up in that game against Spurs. But we shall see how things go because second half of this show will be in with the previews. But until then, let's review the game between Everton and Wolves. A 1-0 win. And, I mean, Rich Hollison with the goal, not really a, I mean... Congratulations, Everton. Like, you needed this win five weeks ago. And Wolves, I mean, one more game to go. They'll get their fans back next game. And uh, I think both both teams would be disappointed for very different reasons uh, at the end of the season. Well, much like we talked about Leicester still having a chance, as you always hear from me, Sky Sports say that there's still a chance for Everton to make Europe. So that's great. I... And again, not going to bullshit you. I kind of expected Everton to lose this match. Uh, and that plays into me never knowing what Everton is going to show up. This Everton that showed up is the team that can kind of scrape out a win like this. It was not the team I thought was going to show up because they so seldom do. But full marks to them. They continue to try to make a push for. I don't even know what tournament they'd be in, but someplace in Europe, they'll be out there on a place with the beach. Maybe. I don't know. Um, for Wolves, get your fans back, get your life right, and send Traore to Liverpool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I that, What happens with Traore, I think it's going to be interesting uh, this offseason, but that's a discussion for another, uh, another week in the summer, likely. Um, as far as this match, like Everton – Having fans back, I think, does make a difference. Uh, we mentioned on the previous show that Everton have just a miserable home record this season, and I, I think they've clearly missed the fans. Like, I, I don't know that I don't know that you can just say it's that simple. As fans are back, Everton have fixed their issues at home, or, or whether it's just randomness or whatever. But I do think that it made a difference for them in this game. And I, like, I don't think Everton were that good in this game. Like wolves just were also not good at all. <laughs> like I, it's two teams that I like Everton are lucky. This season is coming to an end when it is, I think, cause it, it could get worse. Like I just, I see nothing really from this team except like a lot of average, but I mean, they had a really good start to the season have cooled off. Um, it's interesting to see where they go forward with this. Wolves, I think you're right. Like I think Wolves are just kind of getting across the line, and there may be some payoffs for the difficulties they went through this year when it comes to next season. Um, but yeah, we'll see. That's a discussion for another time. Um, good for Everton to get a win from their fans. Um, I'm not sure how much it matters overall. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, moving on to the next game, Newcastle won Sheffield United nil. Joe Willock, another game, another goal, absolutely on fire. I mean, uh, I guess he, because, like, this could be a very good bargaining chip for to keep um, Odegaard be like, hey, we could just bring Joe Willock back to Real Madrid, you know? You uh, try to negotiate that out for Arsenal. But a big, big, a big, I'd say, win for Newcastle. I mean, Sheffield United are relegated, but I think as far as Newcastle goes, they're playing for... Uh, a little bit of pride and finishing above Brighton. And outside of that, don't really know what Steve Bruce is going to do up next. So, Brighton, any thoughts? Yeah, Joe Willock is the youngest player to in the Premier League history to score in six consecutive games. It's a fucking stat I did not expect to say this year. <laughs> um, 
I yeah, I mean, what can you say? Like he's been incredible since he went to Newcastle, and so we can talk about like why that is, whether uh, he can come back to Arsenal and replicate the same thing. But I think he's made a very good case of staying at Arsenal next season. When you talk about um, kind of players that could go from Arsenal, that sort of thing, like, I don't know that he's going anywhere at this point that'll be really interesting and a topic for another time i uh, could win for newcastle I, again like i said joe willick i i love seeing him score um sheffield we'll see you next season in the championship like it's just I, there's not really much more to say about that uh their team that's mostly just kind of showing up with 11 guys to play it feels like uh with this win newcastle sent sheffield to dead dead last like hard hard relegation um is damn sheffield fans go ahead and shell out that uh 12 bucks a month for espn plus hulu and disney plus because that's the only way you're going to see your team play uh you can also watch falcon and the winter soldier um I'm coming up with jokes here because I really don't have too much to say about this match, man. Uh, it's good to see Newcastle win. Joe Willick might actually be the truth. Uh, all the Geordies in all of their glory back on Tyneside is a wonderful sight to see always for me because I watched Geordie Shore and that show was great. Um, yeah, I'm grasping the straws for things here, guys, because this match uh, was kind of inconsequential when it comes down to it. So uh, if these uh, UK MTV jokes aren't working, Let's move on to the next match. Newcastle, you Well, let's move on to the next game, indeed. In uh, a manager I did name in the preview to be like, you know what, he could be an outside contender for Spurs. He walked into the Tottenham Stadium and uh, uh, Regulian Ongo and Ollie Watkins go later. Walked out 2-1 winners. I mean, this has been Spurs all season. Kane news coming out, Kane having that emotional uh, sending off or whatever you want to call it after the game ends. You know, every every single club does it. And when a player is in the transfer window or could potentially be sold, his movements just get analyzed differently. Like, th- that's just how it goes. That's what's going to happen with Harry Kane all summer. And Spurs, just another disappointing result. Uh, kind of want to m- go to the conference league, I guess and try to represent England and be the first English team to win it. But uh, as far as this game goes, I mean, Villa showed what they're made of. Dean Smith putting in a good audition if he was ever in consideration. And uh, Ryan Mason putting in a good, uh, a firm stance that he should not be the next permanent manager of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Braden? Yeah, I I have to agree with that. I think the story of this game, uh, to kind of talk about the drama outside of what happened in the 90 minutes was, you know, afterwards it was mostly Harry Kane doing the kind of walk around the stadium by himself uh, with a lot of Spurs fans, like, chanting pretty pissed off about that. Um, And like you said, for Kane, all the summer it's going to be when he does an interview at the Euros about, like, I'm just, you know, happy to play for England and, you know, are happy that we're going forward. It's going to be like the headline's going to be Harry Kane snub Spurs. Like it's it's going to be a circus this season for that. But um again, we'll talk about that going forward. Uh, for the match itself, um I felt a little bit for Regulon on that own goal. Like it's I <sighs> it's a hell of a finish. Like it's, it's just one of those, like uh, you never expect really to happen. Um, 
Aston Villa, though, overall, I thought were the better team. Like, I, I thought they were better than Spurs in this match. And uh, I think, like you said, with Ryan Mason, it's kind of just just really falling apart. Like, it, it's, it, it's a team that looks unhappy. Like, a lot of the players just – there's a lot of fuck this in them. Um, I – I don't know. Like it's it's a Spurs are at a crossroads right now, and um, they've got a lot of things to sort out in the off season, and and not just Kane. It's sloppy. It's Spurs look sloppy. They don't look like they care. Like as someone who has recently suffered burnout, I know what it looks like. And Tottenham maybe <laughs> Tottenham looked like me about six months ago. Like they're sluggish. There is a, definitely a lot of I could give two shits. Uh, I I do kind of I do kind of feel bad about the own goal, but I it it really sucks that I should be like, damn Villa, what a performance! And damn Villa, what a performance! Like tremendous showing on you. I want to see what Villa do going forward. Just as a club, as the whole, given who they can keep, what they can do, what their, you know, pockets look like. I don't know, but it's less about that and more about Spurs kind of the wheels falling off the bus. Uh, I joked about a lot in the preview about like, is the hurricane news flush the toilet? Ha ha. But like legit, if you're a Spurs fan, that's concerning, man. Like it's not just Harry Kane wanting away. There's a reason he wants away. And if something Ryan Mason ain't gonna solve it, uh, you know, at 33 years old, I can tell you the 29 year old guy's not gonna solve it because it's it ain't that easy. But like, there's something deeper happening in that club that needs to be addressed, and you know, until they do, it's it's gonna be a lot of stones thrown at the glass house. So. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that deep, but uh, as far as Harry Kane goes, I think it'll be, as Braden correctly described, would be craziness the entire summer. And, you know, at this point, I want England to go all the way. Just because, like, the no. entire Euros, you'll see that. I mean, they can lose the final. I, I, I just want them all in the tournament till the final because no deal can be done until then. So that would literally mean all the dumb clubs like Man United are going to keep trying to sign him the whole fucking summer and then ultimately be like, yeah, we're not paying 100, 150 million and like he'll just stay. That, like, that's really what I envision happening because I, but there'll be time for that. We'll come back to that. And that's what the summer is for. But as far as this game goes, congratulations, Aston Villa. Moving on to the next game, Roy Hudson with his final home game, potentially retiring after, uh, I mean, a phenomenal career in its own right, I'd say. Um, we can, one, I mean, if Mark Noble was a top 100 player in the Premier League history, like Roy Hudson should be in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Just, just going to put it out there. But uh, in this game, Arsenal with a 3-1 win. A uh, love tap that happened on um, an Arsenal player's face that I somebody sent it to me and I was like, I guess, uh, you know, if that was Lamella, he would have acted like he just got shot. So that's what you got to do in order for a red card to happen. But overall, a 3-1, not as comfortable as 3-1, but at the same time, I just felt Arsenal overall were the better side, are the better side. And uh, 
Matt showed Braden. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, agree with that Benteke uh, yellow or red situation. And I, I saw a lot of fans kind of complaining about, you know, Pepe got sent off for a slight nudge of the head. Xhaka had, you know, not that dissimilar of a thing get him sent off against. I think it was Burnley. But, like, I don't want that to be a red card. Like, he doesn't, like, go and try to, like, punch him or anything. He's just trying to push him off of him and you know his forearm slid up a little bit like just let's be adults and and play a man's game uh in my opinion um arsenal weren't great in this game like i think in the 85th minute they showed that arsenal hadn't had a shot yet in the second half like it was kind of a thing i think you've seen from this mikel artada team of just really trying to work high percentage chances and and just overworking the ball a little bit in that situation and you know i guess at the end you can say it paid off as martinelli basically walked the ball into the net uh to to put arsenal ahead 2-1 and then you know pepe scores a really nice goal after that uh to make it 3-1 but this that scoreline was not indicative of this game It was a lot closer than that it was very nervous uh if you're an arsenal fan but you know it's one of those it's a slim chance of Arsenal like holding on to anything. I, I like they're officially out of Europa League. The only thing they can get is Europa Conference League. I I don't know how I feel about that. I would kind of rather just miss that. But um, for the players, I think they're going to keep going in until they're officially out of things. So it sets up an interesting Sunday from an Arsenal perspective. I think I'm shocked that Braden wouldn't want to win the Fly Emirates Cup, but it's fine. Um, I that. I can only use that joke so many times before we actually have to call it the conference, can I? Um, you know what? I've talked about shit about Crystal Palace. I'm going to go back to it. I just wanted Arsenal to win this match real bad. I wish I can give you more of a hot take or something to like ball out on. Um, actually, I will give you a hot take. I To be completely earnest, with everything I said about Everton earlier and what's going on with Tottenham now, I would prefer if Arsenal went out and qualified for the uh the conference because I it's still Arsenal and Braden always talks about that name brand appeal. And for some reason in my head, I'm like, well, if Arsenal go into a cup like that, they should be able to beat a couple teams who we don't know and just win a trophy. And that's fine. And that's okay. And I think that's kind of what I want from Arsenal at this point. So if this win gets them closer to that, that's fine. I mostly think I just said all of that because I don't have much to say on crystal palace. I have thoughts on Roy Hodgson, but to steal one from Braden, that's for another podcast on another day. Uh, so I don't have too much to say about Crystal Palace. This is more about, uh, what sets up for a pretty interesting final day for Arsenal and, and me predicting them to win whatever the hell we're calling this cup next year. (laughs) So one thing I do need to add that, that is for this podcast is the new shirts, uh, the yellow with the kind of retro cannon on it. Those are fire. Good Lord. Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you guys that. Like, have have not had a bad kit since uh, Adidas took over. We'll say we we are a retro fashion brand with a football club attached to it. <laughs> Mitchell and yes. sponsored by, especially with Obama being the main man out there. Um, let's move on to the next game: Liverpool three, Burnley nil. No, I don't really have anything else to add. Congratulations, Bo. 
<laughs> I kind of wish I had more to add too, but like, like we, that was the performance that you expected. It looked like the Liverpool team you kind of waited for this season, uh, particularly the fact that like Burnley had several chances early on in the match and kind of were promising. Uh, Chris Woods always good to just be there and exciting. Uh, but yeah, I once we scored that third goal, my brain went, okay, bring on Sunday because that's the day that I might be more concerned about. Um, that's what the power of beige does to you. It makes you forget all of your problems. Um, you know what? Burnley didn't play that bad. Liverpool just had some onus. So full marks to my boys and full marks to Burnley for, you know, knowing what they were getting themselves into and kind of not rolling over for at least the first couple moments of that match. I don't really have a ton to add to this. Like uh, Burnley are staying up. Like there, this is kind of what they're going to do the rest of the season. I feel like, like credit to Liverpool for going out and getting the job done. I, like, I kind of mentioned in the review show last week when Allison scored that header, it kind of felt like that was going to be a moment for Liverpool to like, kind of dig in these next two games. And I think that's exactly what's going to kind of happen this game, the next one. So uh, we'll see Sunday, but a you know, good win for Liverpool. But yeah, they're just much, much better than Burnley. Yeah, sets them for a good final day as far as Liverpool are concerned. And moving on to the last game, West Brom 1, West Ham 3. Oh, man. Um, Declan Rice with a missed penalty, but that didn't matter at the end. After Pereira gave uh, the lead to West Brom, a easy three-goal game for West Ham and a comfortable 3-1 win to keep them's of thems keep them in the in the hunt at the end of the day i mean uh it looks like they're more or less there um they need to win they as long as they don't lose actually there are quite a few european implications that we can talk about moving into the final day because you know depending on who finishes where who wins the champions league it could really change the face and um West Ham keeping themselves uh, in the hunt. Outside of that, West Brom. Um, I'd like one Pereira from you, please. That's all I got. I think you're going to have to form an orderly queue for that one. <laughs> um, I think there's going to be a lot of people interested in Pereira. He's, I, I've kind of mentioned my infatuation with him at times uh, when talking about West Brom uh, this season. But he, he's a very good player, and I think there's going to be a lot of people who are interested in him. Um other than that, West Brom aren't good and West Ham are just a lot better. Like I think it's a really good uh, match overall from West Ham to go out and kind of, you know, convincingly put this team away since they have kind of struggled down the stretch here. So uh, to get a big win that I think they dominated pretty much throughout um, is a, is a good sign for them going into the last match of the season. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. I'm very excited for West Ham to just have some sort of European football uh i don't know why uh their fans mock us relentlessly at brew house but i love them still um it, it's just good to see a team like that be able to play in games like that against competition like that uh which makes this win just that much sweeter it helps their it helps their confidence because they had slid back a little bit um yeah we are lining up for prayer aren't we um aside from that I have thoughts on Sam Allardyce, but that's for another podcast another day. That's probably going to end up just being me talking about people I hate for 20 minutes, but that's fine. I'll record it by myself and it'll be great. Um, 
keep on blowing the bubbles onto Europe. Death to West Brom, I guess. Right, relax, relax. Um, having said that, that brings us to an end uh, to the first segment of this podcast. We're going to be back with the preview for the final day. And what it almost feels like we have just covered 24 months straight of football. Um, can't even imagine what the players are feeling like and they still have Euros to go and then the next season. So, uh, you know, kind of a time moments like these when I feel sad, I'm just like, you know what? Like, I enjoy these players absolutely getting fucking punished uh, year after year with the schedule. So, but at least we didn't get the Super League. We'll see you on the second segment, sir. What's up? What's up? We're back with the second segment of this podcast. Um, before I let you guys down again like that with my uh, previews for the weekend, Braden, do you want to do a quick recap of how we're going to? Uh, yeah. So uh, what we do here is we take 100 uh, virtual pod bucks, as we call them, and we're going to uh, spend them on each game and the three-way money line. Uh, so uh, we'll talk about the picks. We'll talk about uh, the lines. We'll talk about things we like, um, you know, picks that may not make any sense except in the context of the lines um and uh we'll see how we do uh next week absolutely the first game to kiss off arsenal taking on brighton i guess will's bet was already made in the first segment of this podcast arsenal at minus 160 brighton at plus 425 the draw at plus 300 over under two and a half um because i already know where will's gonna go Braden, which way do you want to go I've been fucking it's the end of the season mode. I'm gonna go with Arsenal. I don't I don't really know how I feel about this, but I, I do think that um Arsenal are gonna try to close the season out strong and I expect Brighton to come back and be a um to give them a really good game. I do think that the fans will make a difference in this. I, I think the fans will want to get behind the team. There's still some weird like super league um like I think caginess that might happen, but I, I think once the ball, once the match kicks off, I think the fans will get behind the team and make a difference. So I'm going with Arsenal. Um, I, I just, I just have to think that we're going to come out and play for this one. The Arsenal. I want, I like Brighton. It's fine. Arsenal. Cause I want positive thing. So just, just keep moving. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with Arsenal as well So to complete the sweep. Moving on to the next game, a big game with possible European consequences. Aston Villa at plus 550, taking on Chelsea at minus 200. Draw at plus 345. Over-unders at 2.5. Will, which way are you going? Uh, it feels like chalk to me. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take Chelsea in this. It, it This is me into the season mode where it's like, I I like winning and I like making money, but I also don't want to be an idiot completely. Um, this Chelsea team are flying high. This Chelsea team is going to win the Champions League. That's right. I'm just going to keep saying it and put it into the ether. Um, and this Aston Villa team has better days ahead, but that day ain't today. Chelsea continue their run. Uh, and they win themselves into the Champions League and hopefully do some good shit in Porto. So this is interesting to me because I think that you've got a Chelsea team that when they played Leicester in this week, uh, they were a better team. I'm not going to take that away from them. They still scored off a corner kick and a penalty. I, 
I don't think that they've been that good at breaking teams down out in open play. And I do think that Villa have, while they have a weakness at center back, I think Emmy Martinez is really good at defending set pieces and coming for crosses and that sort of thing. So I'm going to go with the draw. I think there's just enough about this Villa team. Uh, Grealish wants to come out and play. I think Chelsea will have to have the Champions League final in the back of their mind, and they've got some decisions to make as far as who do you risk in this game? Who do you um, sit? I And I don't know. I think we might just see enough from Villa to, uh, to get something. So I'm going to go with a draw. Um, I would be absolutely perfect with any result that does not involve Chelsea winning just to see more drama. So I'm going to bet on Chelsea because of that, just because, you know what, if I can't get the entertainment I want, I want my pop bucks in the next episode. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Fulham at plus 125, Newcastle at plus 215, draw at plus 260, over-unders at two and a half. Um, Raiden? Any final thoughts on Fulham and their final game and the only game the fans will see them as a Premier League team? Yeah, I mean, that's a little disappointing. I, I think that for all these teams that are getting relegated, um, this just has to be a really frustrating season uh, as a fan to, you know, come back and, you know, what does it matter? We're already relegated. Um, so I, I, I don't like it for the for the fans. Um, I As far as a game goes, like, this line is just wrong. Like, Newcastle are a better team. And uh, are the fans going to make a difference? Sure. But I don't know the fans are going to make that much of a difference. Um, so I'm going to go with Newcastle. I, I think they're clicking right now. They're still going out and scoring goals. Um, I think that they've got a really good shot at this match um and whenever i see uh whenever i see a team that i think is better that is a plus like underdog i i'm very interested in that fulham will have their home fans but the only fans who would make a difference from this have to be shipped in from aw in jacksonville which they also own and I have not alluded to all season because I think I've been saving that AW reference for just right now. Uh, God bless wrestling. Uh, I'm not even going to waste my time with this. Newcastle's going to win this match. Fulham's going to go try to fish that Michael Jackson statue out of the river uh, and maybe try to get him to manage instead of Scott Parker next year. Damn well. Uh, I'm going to go with Fulham just because, you know, fans are back. Only game they see them. Uh, in the Premier League, and I'd like to see a win for Fulham. Newcastle, you don't have anything to play for. Play for some happiness. Uh, moving on to the next game. <laughs> Leeds at minus 210, taking on West Brom at plus 550. Draw at plus 375. Over-under is at three. And, uh, over-under is at three. Yeah. These fans have waited 13 years. No, 16 years. 16 years, right? Or 19, whatever the, the fuck long, yeah, yeah, however the fuck long they've waited for, this is the moment, like, out of all the stadiums that I want to see on Sunday, Ellen Road with fans, the special 10,000 ones who get to see their team in the Premier League, they're staying in the Premier League, I think it'll be a very, like, a ceremonial, like, fucking crazy environment there. I can't see anything but those fans being absolutely out of their freaking gourd for this match. Uh, and like it's West Brom it's leaves with the fans back they've had a tremendous season they're guaranteed to finish in the top half 
and they have aspirations of bigger things. If that building is still standing at the end of this match, I'll be fucking surprised. I'm taking leads. Again, I'm taking the chalk on this one because they they're flying high. And unless Pereira legitimately becomes legitimate Christian Jesus, I don't think there's nothing that can stop this Leeds team from flooring West Brom. Uh, what's that over? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take that over. It's going to be like six something. Yeah, I agree. I think that over is a good shout in this match. Um, you know, West Brom can probably get one of them. I expect uh, Leeds to get three on their own probably in this match. Like, Leeds is just a better team. I think a right to talk about the fans in, in this one. Uh, I think they're going to make a difference and. I think that you're going to see a pretty dominant Leeds performance here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Leeds as well. Moving on to potentially the biggest game of uh, the weekend, Leicester City at home with even odds with Spurs at plus 250, draw at plus 280, over-unders at three. Braden, how are you feeling about this one, boss? I'm all in on St. Totteringham's day. Uh, here we go, Leicester. Um, I I think that Leicester will have something to, to play for in this match. Like they want to sh- to have any shot at getting a Champions League, I, I, they're gonna have to come out and play. And so, um, I think that I think Leicester are gonna take it to them. And I I don't know when I saw the Spurs team did not come out to do their like laugh of, of honor and that sort of thing for the fans. Like the one match this season you've had fans. I, that told me something about this first team. I think I got, I, I don't think things are right there. I, I think Lester will come out and win this game. That St. Tottenham's day popped me real hard. I almost spit on my, uh, self. um, I, I agree. It's going to be St. Tottenham's day. Not even gonna lie. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I want this Lester team to do well because I have a soft spot for BR. Uh, and I'm going to stick stick with it here. I think they come out. I think they put on a better performance, but it's not even that they put on a better performance. I think Spurs put on a bad performance. I think Spurs are about to go out here and trip over their own shoelaces, and like they look sloppy, they look inconsistent, and they look like they don't care. I told y'all earlier, I know what burnout looks like, and this is the final day of school. I could give two shit. I'm thinking about summer vacation, my IROC, my friggin' Leonard Skinner tape, because apparently Spurs live in the 70s. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Lester. There's no need for jokes on this. This team is better. They're going to expect better days. And the Spurs team has something seriously wrong with it that needs to be investigated in the offseason. So, here you go, Lester. Do you think? Damn. Uh, I'm not going to say all of that, but I am going to take Leicester as far as this game goes. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Liverpool at home, welcoming fans back at minus 600, Palace at plus 1,500, draw at plus 675, over under the three and a half. Do you think Roy Hodgson could be, like, in his last game, in his last game, just pull off an absolutely stunning result at Anfield to keep them out of the Champions League? Well, no, I'm taking Liverpool and I'm not even going to waste my breath on it. Roy Hodgson, I swear I will come to your house and I will ruin your pudding. We are winning this match. The fans are back. They're going to be up for it. And I don't expect much from this Palace team. And I'm not going to say the thing that everyone expects me to say. I got real nervous for a second, but fuck it. We're beating Palace this time. No slips. Eat my ass. We're doing it. 
Yeah, so that's a hell of a storyline, right? Like, Roy Hodgson comes back and ruins Liverpool's chance of getting a Champions League. Um, you got the Palace, uh, Liverpool from, you know, the prior. I see Will shaking his head. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the camera out as far as his face. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't see it happening here. I, I think this is going to be Liverpool. I, I Look, Palace are kind of decent like it's fine i i don't see them really doing much in this match I, it's gonna be liverpool for me yeah i agree i mean I, i'll i will just say this um the manager on that day for liverpool against crystal palace was brendan Rodgers, who tried to make up goal difference in order to kind of you know compete with man city at the top of the table and that's how they ended up absolutely like imploding he's gone on to the one team that can benefit from a Roy Hodgson special. So like the, it, it, this is like the premier league drama that I live for just like seven year old beef coming up. Like, come on Hodgson. Yeah. I, I fully I, agree with that. Like that, that is the perfect thing about this weekend is just like some old school. Like <laughs> I don't like you cause I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. I mean like imagine, imagine like Liverpool score a goal and like, and like they think they got, every um the top four and then fucking var goes like at firmino's teeth were offside like bro <laughs> there'd be riots at Anfield. like it and like zaha dives to get a penalty like it's a, it could be Peke, wild Teke scores the winner that look, look at me doing my own team that's what it is benteke oh, i forgot about benteke oh that's man right. this is gonna yeah. be fantastic <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting time. I will say that. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Manchester City at minus 230, taking on Everton at plus 650, the draw at plus 370, over-unders at three. Braden, any quick thoughts on this game? I'm not touching this game with real dollars until the lineups come out. Um, I just don't really trust anything from City. Like, I I think... I think it's going to be a look ahead to uh, who plays in the Champions League final. I, um, so I don't know. Like obviously, whoever City puts out, you would still expect to beat Everton. The plus six fifty is interesting, but overall, I do think that City are the better team. And if I took Liverpool at minus six hundred, I might as well take City <laughs> minus two thirty here. I am inclined to take City because their fans will be back and will want to send them on their way to Porto, which they'll be going uh, free of charge thanks to she. Um, but because I just said all that shit about uh, Liverpool and all that stuff about Benteke, I'm now afraid that I've put bad juju into the air. And in order to make up for that, I have to bet on a team I don't like to make me seem more genuine. And that plus 650 would give me a win. And I told y'all I want to win more money and be more impressive. So I'm going to take Everton despite everything I said earlier in this game, because I think city might be looking ahead just a little too hard because remember the champions league is the thing they've always wanted. And they're so nervous about it. Maybe they just let Everton slip in the fucking back door and qualify for Europe. Make me put my fucking head through a wall. I'm going to take Everton and that's going to be what I go with. 
I mean, I, I'm going to go with Man City. I, I think if Everton win, it'll just be because um, City aren't paying attention. But outside of that, I think it should be a pretty straightforward game for them. Um, moving on, Sheffield United taking on Burnley. Sheffield United plus 195. Burnley at plus 140. Draw at plus 245. Over-unders at two and a half. Uh, Braden, do you think Sheffield United uh, comes out and does anything in this game? So... The lowest Premier League goal scored in a season uh, was the Derby County team that uh, scored 20 in the 08-09 season. Sheffield currently have 19. Um, I don't expect them to score. I think Burnley win this game. I like the under here, uh, even though it's only two and a half. Um, I think Burnley win this match that's a sensational like prop bet that I would love to take. Just like, will they score to not be the worst? Uh, damn, that Darby County team was real trash. I forgot about that. Um, this is Burnley's going to win this match. Like I could come up with some clever sayings or some, like I got shit for this, like beige overwhelms. And with the team already being again, hard relegated and dead last, the beige is going to roll. Uh, I'll take Chris Wood for two. And a Burnley win. Uh, I'm going to go with Burnley as well, I guess. Just keep going with it because, sorry, Sheffield. Y'all weren't good enough without Dean Henderson. Uh, moving on to the next game, West Ham at minus 140, taking on Southampton at plus 370. Draw at plus 305. Over-under is, is at three. Uh Jesse Lingard FC gets to play in front of the fans. Declan Rice potentially last game in front of the fans. A whole lot of storylines for West Ham. Will, anything you got about Jay Ling's possible last game after a legendary career at West Ham? And so as I think this low knee named Mark Noble also retiring or leaving at the end of the season. Remember the name. Hammer forever, Mark Noble. Um, I... I was actually kind of inclined to take Southampton just to be a jerk because I had been touting them all season. But I honestly, with those fans back, that atmosphere and this team, again, much like Lee's performing more than what they thought they were going to. I'll be surprised if the Olympic Stadium is still standing at the end of this. Uh, I'll be surprised if it's not covered in bubbles. Uh, they're going to win this match. I don't think it's going to be handily because I think Southampton might be up for this. Uh, I was kind of inclined to take the draw too, just because I felt like I think the Southampton team, like it in my brain from the beginning of the season, I see these two teams matching up evenly, but clearly that's not the case. Uh, this West Ham team is destined for destined for Europe. So go ahead and let them have it. Blow the bubbles, get it going. I'm going to take West Ham again. It's a chalk pick, but sometimes you just want the good story. And I'm going to take Lingard to score at least one in front of the fans to get his just desserts. Yeah, I'm going with West Ham as well. They've got something to play for. Southampton really don't. Um, yeah, that to me, that's really all this match is about. West Ham have all the have all the advantages going for them. Something to play for home fans. I, I think the fans are going to be aching to get out and support the team after the season they've had. Um, I think you really see that make a difference here in this match. And so I'm going to go with West Ham. Yeah, I'm going to go with West Ham as well. Let's go. Jesse Lingard FC. Put your amazing West Ham career behind you. Such a a disrespect to everyone on West Ham. (laughs) 
Mark Noble. <laughs> yeah, except Declan Rice, man. Hopefully, I'll be cheering you on as a Man United player, you know? Uh, anyway, moving on to the last game, talking about Man United. They take on Wolverhampton Wanderers away. Wolves at plus 180, Man United at plus 150, a draw at plus 245. Any thoughts on the final game of the season? I was really surprised to see Man United as a plus favorite in this match. Uh, I, Wolves haven't been very good this season. I know before the Molyneux was a place that um, they really took a lot of pride in taking these big teams down. And I, maybe does the line reflect that? Does it reflect United maybe looking ahead to the Europa League final? I I don't know, but I expect Man United to win this match. Like I, I think they're just overall a better team. I think that when you we talked about some of the matches United have had to play recently, they've had a lot of matches back to back. They're now in the same rest as most other teams uh, for the last you know week or so. Um, so I, I think you see a Man United team that comes out and and pretty handily beats Wolves. I was inclined to take Wolves just because I thought maybe their fans showing up for this match would kind of get them up for it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this line reflects more of people thinking United's looking ahead uh, than the Molyneux being a fortress because I don't necessarily know if the Wolves fans are going to be too pleased with the way their team has performed this year. Um, that being said, I was going to be an asshole and take the draw just to like rub some salt in United's wounds. But United is plus 150 and Wolves are plus 8, 180. And like I can still make money on that. So I'm going to do the smart thing, not be an asshole, and take my own personal victory instead of the victory of the club. And I'm going to take Manchester United. Uh, this Wolves team is just kind of done right now. And they're kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do next season. In my opinion, uh, this United team, if you want to roll into a European final, much like I said, Chelsea was going to earlier, you want do with a win against a team who you feel like is a little bit better than what they've been qualified for and this is it i'm taking manchester united and they're probably gonna win a cup as well because uh, they're gonna be villarreal this year uh oh fuck it i'm gonna go with Man united as well i think i'd like to change my bet (laughs) 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 i think yeah, outside of like two games, maybe always just like bet every single game the same way. So um, I guess nice to end the season together. But the primary reason I'm going with Man United in this situation, though, is we need this win. Like for for all the talk about like looking ahead and all of that shit, like we lost to Leicester with a bad team. We didn't play well against Liverpool with a very terrible schedule and then didn't beat Fulham. So like, that's not kind of the form that you and the worries you really want to take into the final, I would say. So that is it people. The final preview for premier league 2021. It's been a fun season. Uh, Sadly, the same, uh, you know, team winning for the fourth time in, in the third time in four years. I was already giving them the title for next season, but um, that's kind of been their domination. But at the end of it, it's been a fun season all around. Uh, a lot of small plots, as we discussed, still to play for, um, you know, 
I wish like somehow Man City and Spurs were involved because then we could be talking about like Delhi Ali and Pep and their relationship because uh, a lot of news coming out about that. So for those who, if you know, you know, and if you don't, it's for the better, I guess. Um, anyway, people, we shall see you next week. We're going to change. We're going to be changing up our podcast schedule for the summer. We're going to go to one podcast a week because you know what? The off season is going to have a lot of bullshit every single day. Whether it's about the Euros, it's about the transfers, etc. We don't want to kind of keep filling our um, airtime with you with some bullshit. So we'll give you the content that we think you need. And if you want some extra content, hit us up. You know our Twitters. We'll be sharing them. We'll try to do some social online or uh, potential personal events. And we shall see how this goes. So we'll be back next week with the review one last time this season. Cheers, guys. Good luck betting. It's coming home. It's coming.